First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. Christian media is giving people, those unreached peoples we talk about, they're giving them access to the gospel. And I want to do all I can to help these around the world be as effective as possible in sharing God's good news. Welcome to this week's First Person Interview. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and our guest now is veteran Christian broadcaster Ron Harris of Media Alliance International. We'll learn about Ron's life and ministry over the next few minutes. Before we turn to our guest, thank you for joining us. First Person's goal is to bring you the story of people who, after trusting their life to Jesus Christ, have followed the Lord and serving others in some way. We've met hundreds of people through the years, and you can access all of those interviews at firstpersoninterview.com. We also have a smartphone app that enables you to download and listen to current and previous first-person programs. Look for this free app called First Person Interview in your app store. Ron Harris and I have been friends for many years. He's been a leader in Christian radio and TV as well as church media, and now is the president and founder of Media Alliance International, and he'll explain this ministry's goal as we talk. When we got together online for the interview, I laughed with Ron because he was allowing me to interview him as if I didn't know my longtime friend. Well, thank you, Wayne. Uh, You're right. Uh, The blessing is we have known each other for a long time, and whatever challenge that presents, we'll deal with it. Yeah. But at the same time, I learned things about you in your new memoir that I did not know. Uh, I also chuckled a little bit, although it was a little frightening, too, to read that story of when you were a child and took that unexpected bus ride, Ron. (laughs) I can't imagine that happening today. I mean, parents would be out of their mind. I know. It's amazing. I can't imagine the bus driver letting some guy put me on a bus at age two and send me off to downtown Fort Worth some eight miles away. Uh, and, And the phenomenal thing is that God orchestrated it so that my aunt would see me and somehow convince the driver that, yeah, she was a relative. And <laughs> I mean, you know, life is fun. If you look back on it, yeah. life is fun. And particularly, I think, Wayne, for the Christian to look back and not only see the, the crazy things, the fun things, but to see how God guides us if we pay attention. Yeah. Well, you're here with us today, so we know that episode turned out okay. Uh, (laughs) Right. You you survived that, and you can read the details in Ron's book, which is The Voice Behind You, Memoirs of an Ordinary Life Led by an Extraordinary God. What is it like to sit down? Now, you've got a lot of light left in you, Ron, but what's it like (laughs) at this stage of life to take this sweeping look backwards at, at all that God has done in your life? Yeah, at over three quarters of a century, uh, looking back, you know, it was really fun. It was fun to go through that. Um, just in the process of writing a book, I consulted a couple of folks who had written uh, books and memoirs and things and, and uh, looked at some. But then I thought, let me just kind of outline it. And I did. And then I started in. And it was really fun to write, Mm. to recall the stories, uh, family stories, fun stories, growing up stories, uh, dating stories, marriage stories, all of those things that are part of our lives, and uh, to think through those things and to see, again, how, how God has guided and blessed through all of that. And boy, I didn't always hear God's voice correctly, um, and I'm sure I missed a few cues along the way. But predominantly, thankfully, 
God guided us through some wonderful times and some challenging times as well. Yeah. Well, you have so many friends around the world, people that you've worked with in ministry, people that you've befriended and mentored around the world, and the book is receiving such a warm welcome. It's got to be very gratifying for you. Oh, it really is. Uh, It's exciting to know that we're able to share um, a bit of our life with other people. I, I quickly tell them, okay, it is about me. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if you don't want to read about me, don't get the book. <laughs> but hopefully through that, you'll see how God guides people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, to me, that's the main part of the story. And yeah, it is wrapped around what my life has been like and uh, very blessed by it. Again, not without challenges, but but blessed by it. And uh, And people, I think, can maybe get a glimpse of what it's like when you really listen for God's voice mm-hmm. in directing your life. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was also the fun part of it, because sometimes we're going through events, activities. We're not always certain, is this the right direction? Should I make this decision? But when you begin to look back and you see the path, and maybe it's a winding path, but you still see the path and how God has led you through it, um, it's pretty exciting to yeah. see that. Well, the title of the book, of course, comes from Isaiah thirty twenty one. Whether you turn to the left or the right, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That means a lot to you, apparently. It, it really does, Wayne. You know, uh, I'm sure you get some of the same things I get. People say, oh, you have such a wonderful voice. <laughs> and uh, my years in radio, which stretch back some 56 or 7 years now, um, kind of an indication of how God moved me in that direction. But I quickly tell people, uh, you cannot buy a voice. God gives it to you. Mm-hmm. And so if he gives it to you, whatever the tool is, you use it for his purpose. And so that's where I start from. People say, you've got a voice. And I say, yeah, but there's another voice, yeah. that voice behind me. And that's the one that guides me. I'll use the voice he gave me as he guides me into various ways that I can serve. Well, we want to glean from the lessons of your life, Ron, here over the next few minutes. We won't tell every story in the book. We won't have time (laughs) for that. But uh, perhaps we can whet an appetite for folks to get a copy of The Voice Behind You and read it for themselves. But you you started out thinking that your path uh, would be a ministry, a, a music ministry path, right? You know, back in the days that I was growing up, there weren't too many boxes to check. If you, if you quote, I think the term was surrendered to Christian ministry, there were about three or four boxes. And mm-hmm. it was pastor, uh, maybe education, music, and missionary. Mm-hmm. And it was about it. And yeah. then maybe other. Yeah. And I never knew what other was. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I came from a musical family. And, um, and so that was kind of an easy gravitation. And God had given me some opportunities to develop in music and learn a few things. And so I thought, okay, I want to serve the Lord. Yeah, this is the logical thing. And so uh, that when I went off to college, I started out as a, as a music major um, in that area. But I quickly realized that all those folks around me were a lot smarter in music, a lot more gifted in music than I was. And along the way, God was also nudging me towards the media realm. And uh, so that's, that's kind of where I made a bit of a turn there under God's direction, away from music and into that. But you know, uh, it's interesting, Wayne. I also learned, and as I wrote the book, I realized God doesn't waste anything in our lives. No. Um, the fact that I spent two years in music in college does, was not wasted. Later, he comes back and guides me into a position to where I 
led the music at my church, a, a relatively large church, for about five years. And it was the right thing to do, but I could not have done it had I not had that kind of a background and training. So uh, nothing wasted in God's plan for our lives. Very often we get impatient waiting for that next turn that God hmm. wants us to take, don't we? And we, we yep. miss the opportunities right in front of us. Yeah, we do. And, and I think a lot of times, and I wrote in there about one instance where I think God is testing us to say, are you, are you listening or will you do what I put before you to do? Um, I, there was a time where when I had kind of stepped away from music and I was looking uh, ardently for something in media and it wasn't coming. And I spent about six months and, you know, my wife's gainfully employed. I'm sitting at home and I was doing some part-time work, but I'm sending out resumes and video resumes and nothing. And so in the midst of that, my former pastor was doing a revival and he said, would you come lead the music? My first thought was no, Mm. because that's what I'm trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to move into this other area. But I think under God's urging, I said yes. And I believe to this day it was a test from God to say, will you do what I put before you to do? And it was not very long after that. I mean, a couple of weeks maybe that I got a call that led me into church media, and, uh, and I, which I've done for 14, 15, 16 years in various churches. And so it moved me right into that realm. And I, it'd be interesting to know if I had turned down that music job what would have happened? Would God have opened the door in the media area? I don't yeah. know. I'm just glad that yeah. I listened and followed. Yeah. Well, even before that music career, though, uh, I knew you had served in the Air Force. I didn't know the details. It was really interesting to hear and read about the details of your life working in, in radio in the Air Force. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. I started out uh, in the military, and they often ask, do you have a skill that you think the military could use? And I shot my hand up very quickly. Uh, it was during the Vietnam era, and I was very cognizant of, of what might happen. And I said, I, I have a degree in radio, TV, film. I've worked in radio. And so they sent me off to uh, Keesler Air Force Base in Mississippi, and I did television work for about a year. And then came the call to Athens, Greece, to serve as the... <laughs> It ended up being the morning disc jockey at American Forces Radio. Good morning, Athens, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, just about. You know, I followed by two years the man that is pictured or, or uh, chronicled uh, in Good Morning Vietnam uh-huh. by Robin Williams. Uh-huh. And uh, he left Athens, went to Vietnam, and that's where they pick up the story. I see. Okay. Uh, and so about two years later, I come into those studios and did my thing. And uh, thankfully, I wrapped up my Air Force career uh, doing that, but two and a half years, morning radio in Athens, Greece, it was not a bad deal, I can tell you that. We'll continue talking with Ron Harris and learn about Media Alliance International coming up in a moment on First Person. Here's Ed Cannon on the vision for FEBC's weekly podcast. The primary purpose of Until All Have Heard, of course, is to share the experience that FEBC has because we have staff on the ground in so many oppressive places. But in addition to that, we're trying to speak to you in a way that only the kind of testimonies you'll hear from around the globe can do. Discover how the gospel is making a difference around the world. Search for Until All Have Heard on your favorite podcast platform or hear it online at febc.org. 
My guest is Ron Harris of Media Alliance International. We'll talk more about that ministry in just a few moments. But we're also talking about Ron's memoir, The Voice Behind You. Ron has been a longtime friend, a broadcaster, you know, just a, just a guy that has served the Lord in whatever capacity the Lord has called him to do. And Ron, you've done it so well. Um, anyone who writes a memoir, you have to be honest. You have to write about the, the bad along with the good. And life is, life is, has its ups and downs. And, and you're right about that. I, I know, for instance, um, the, the health battles that your wife Judy has gone through. And I trust she's doing great right now. You know, she's doing well, but thank you for that. Yeah, that's been one of the biggest challenges in our life. Uh, Judy had, uh, I'll do the brief version of it, the full story is in the book, but um, she had hip surgery, everything went well, got home from the hospital, and that evening fell and shattered oh. the femur where they had inserted that uh, that part oh, for uh-huh. the hip. Yeah. And in fact, the, uh, the orthopedic surgeon said she not only shattered it, she did a really good job of oh. shattering it. Oh. And he said, I want to take a couple of days just to make sure I can get all the pieces back together. What we learned later is that in that second surgery, what they have to do is, because that leg was shattered, they have to cut muscles and tendons and and go in differently and do that. Well, that weakened the ability for that hip to stay in place. And so after that second surgery, there were two more times that the hip dislocated and they could not get it back in, so it entailed another surgery. Four hip replacement surgeries in eight weeks. Mm. Along the way, we had some other issues. Our house, we had frozen pipes, and they flooded, and we we ended up— You went through a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. We we lived in a hotel for six months. Um, In the midst of that, uh, Judy was becoming confused. Uh, Through tests, it determined that she had hydrocephalus, which is that excess fluid on the brain, Mm -hmm. and it causes a form of dementia. And uh, we were led by God to a brilliant brain surgeon— uh, when he did the successful procedure that reduced that pressure, he said, this is the only form of dementia that we can reverse. Oh, boy. And I thought, boy, thank you, Lord. Yeah. But, Wayne, the interesting thing is, as we got into the midst of that, you know, it, we were overwhelmed, to be, to be honest, uh, just to say, oh, no, one more, whatever. At some point, Judy and I realized, wait a minute, this is not about us. This is an assignment, an opportunity God is giving us to reflect into the lives of people we would never meet otherwise how good God is, mm-hmm. even in the midst of our trials. For instance, our, uh, our orthopedic surgeon from India, uh, I prayed with him so many times. Uh, the first time I asked gingerly, because very likely a doctor from India is Hindu, yeah. uh-huh. and I said, may I pray with you? Oh, yes, that would be fine. And so we prayed. Uh, going into the second surgery, which was the really difficult one, I said, Dr. Patel, do you mind if we pray again? He said, no, that would be, that would be wonderful. So in the pre-op room, we're standing there holding hands with this surgeon and his assistants and Judy and I and a nurse, and, and we're praying. And I was asking for God to guide this good man and, and use the skills that he has in a way that would help Judy. When I was waiting in the, uh, the waiting room, during the surgery and after, and by the way, this was during COVID time, so there was zero people in the waiting room. So about four hours or so, I'm sitting there. He came out at the end of that, and he said, first of all, Judy's fine. The surgery went fine. And then he stopped and looked at me, and he said, I believe someone was guiding me through that surgery. Wow. And I said, 
Dr. Patel, I agree with you. And I put my arm around him and I said, let's just thank him now. Yeah. And so we did. And in the ensuing surgeries uh, that we didn't think we were going to have to have, we'd do the same thing. We'd pray, we'd talk, we'd share. And uh, we had the opportunity to pour into this man's life what God means to us, the mm-hmm. hope and the joy that we have apart from circumstances. And uh, it's almost like we felt like we need to invite him over for Thanksgiving or something. You know, he became like family to us. I'm sure he's not had to do that many surgeries on the same person over and over again. But, it, you know, it's interesting. And then when the house flooded, suddenly we had all these people doing reconstruction. We prayed with them. They prayed with us. Uh, they would come and say, could you pray for this friend of mine? And That's we'd a stand great there story. Wow. In, in the house and do it. We'd go to the hotel. And, uh, you know, we'd see the same people at breakfast who were serving us every morning uh, breakfast. And they became dear friends. And, and uh, Lupita, who fixed our breakfast, we would joke together. And then at one point, she'd cut her finger. They said, Lupita wanted to know if you could pray for her. And I went back into the kitchen and prayed. I, I got to thinking, how, how would I have ever had an opportunity to share nope. what God has done in our life and the hope that we have through Christ yeah. apart from what was going through? And so... I, I, I realized these were assignments from God. Now, I'll tell you, um, there were times I said, Lord, if you want to hand this assignment off to someone else, <laughs> that would be fine too, you know. Mm. But, you know, it really took the pressure off of us and uh, kept us from saying, oh, poor us. Look what all we're having to go through right. when we saw that God was using it for a greater purpose. Another episode of Honesty in your book is the unexpected dismissal from a ministry job, and you and I talked mm-hmm. much about that through the years. What was the lesson yeah. uh, after some time had gone by? What, looking back on, on that disappointment in life, what was the lesson? You know, at the day it happened, it was an interesting thing. Uh, you know, the morning radio routines, you get up really early in the morning, and, and if I was doing what I intended to do, which I typically did, I'd read some scripture. I'd read the paper, you know, look at the headlines, try to get assimilate what's going on in the world. But I'd, I'd read scripture, uh, read a devotional, something in there before I even headed off to the radio station. So this would be about 3.45, 4 in the morning. And for some reason, one morning, I decided to memorize a couple of verses. Now, I don't memorize very well. I can read well. I can talk well. I don't memorize very well. So it took me a lot to go over these couple of verses, and I don't even know how I came to those verses, but I did. And I'm going in, driving into work, and I'm going over those verses and trying to get the gist of it, if not the exact wording. And I go to work. I'm on the air. I get off the air. Um, The head of uh, the overall head of the ministry comes in and says, uh, we're not going to need you anymore. Oh, And (laughs) <laughs> and it was just like that. And it was like, walk out the door. I said, well, let me, you know, give me a couple of days on the air and I'll say goodbye. And I, no, yep. this is it. Mm. And I mean, literally walk out the door. So I got in the car and I'm heading home. And those two verses came back to my mind. First thing. The very verses. The very verses. And they are out of Hebrews 10. And it says, don't throw away your confident trust in the Lord. You have need of patient endurance, and then there'll be a reward. And I thought, you know, if God cares for me so much that he would inject those specific verses into my life just before I needed them, Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to worry about. 
And I, I had that calm and peace, and I, I was getting phone calls from so many friends that we have saying, what's going on? How, that's crazy, you know, and, and on the one hand, I could say, oh, you know, build myself up. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but I said, no, this is a job change, and God's got something out there, and I've just got to be patient and endure this. You're a great example and, uh, to a lot of us. You really were at that time. And uh, thanks for sharing that so honestly in your book, Ron. Um, at a time in life when you could have kicked back, hmm. you started a whole new ministry, Media yeah. Alliance. So, and yeah. not only is it a new ministry, it's a new ministry that takes you literally around and around and around the world. Uh, people will say, are you retired? I'll say, no, I missed the exit ramp. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trucking on down the highway. What do you do? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I was 67 at the time, and uh, God put it on my heart. I've been working with national religious broadcasters with internationals, but rather than retire, I wanted to focus even more on what God was doing around the world and coming alongside some of God's great servants in other places in the world and saying, how can we help you? How can we encourage you? How can we mentor you? And out of my 50 plus years of ministry, how can I just pour into your life things that will be beneficial? And so uh, we launched Media Alliance. There had been a man who had been a faithful supporter of what we've been doing already. He had started a big company. It didn't start big, but he started it when he was in his 60s. And so I went to him and I, I said, Andy, what do you think about this? And I shared my ideas, and he just looked at me, and he said three words. He said, go for it. Uh. <laughs> and I took that as God's uh, commitment to me that yeah. I'm going to be with you. Andy said he'd be with me. But more than that, it was a sense of God's direction. And so we launched into a ministry that trains and encourages Christians in media, primarily leaders, in now over 40 countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, most recently, we have launched regional offices to help us build out hubs of influence in Asia, Europe, um, Brazil, that huge country there, and just uh, this uh, past few days, launching the Middle East as an area of focus. And because of the relationships we built in all of these areas, we're able to do that with some coordinators from those areas who can guide us on culturally how do we best uh, pull together and, and help media leaders to be even more effective in sharing the gospel. We don't have all that much time. No. And God's given us this great tool to disseminate his word into the far reaches of the world where Many people don't even know the name Jesus, don't have access to the gospel. Christian media is giving people, those unreached peoples we talk about, they're giving them access to the gospel. They may have to turn on their radio, they may have to click on their, their computer or their smartphone, but it's available to them. And I want to do all I can to help these around the world be as effective as possible in sharing God's good news. You can hear the commitment in both his words and his heart as Ron Harris describes his work with Media Alliance International. There's much more to Ron's ministry, so we've placed a link to it at firstpersoninterview.com. The memoir that we mentioned is titled The Voice Behind You, Memoirs of an Ordinary Life Led by an Extraordinary God, and there will also be a link for this book at firstpersoninterview.com. Ron mentioned reaching the unreached with the gospel, and that's the goal shared by the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC's programs, through all kinds of radio and internet programs, reach deep into minority cultures with the good news and in the heart language of the listener. 
To learn more and learn how to pray, go to febc.org, febc.org. Now with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.